from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Tuesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, uh, and this morning uh, we need to talk uh, the Salvation Army's Christmas affordability report. Oh, I think Mike's got a problem or two with it. Uh, the regional development, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. Uh, the RMA, I think pretty much everybody agrees, not so good. And then uh, we'll talk about the hot ball upgrade. In Hamna. But before any of that, Jamie McDowell came back into the studio. It's been a while since she's been in. I was making my way to a better man, finding my way to a better hand, trying to relight the spark. You run your own program, basically, don't you? Yeah, basically, I run yeah, my own business, I suppose. And how has that worked out? And is it a model you would recommend? And does it work? I really would. I think my background possibly is unique in that I was signed with a couple of major labels before I then became independent. So I have seen what it looks like to run a successful album campaign mm. and kind of know what sort of team I do need to put together to make it all work. Um, but I would really recommend it, especially in New Zealand. We have a really wonderful infrastructure for independent artists and, and lots of really great people that are willing to kind of help you along and answer questions. And yeah. there, I mean, there are so many artists that are doing it now. Um, going into this process, I sort of sought advice from the likes of, you know, Tammy Nielsen would be one of them and other artists that were kind of on the same path. And everyone's, yeah, really happy to give you... So it's a good collaborative industry in that it sense. It is, yeah. It's one of the great joys of this job, you know, because, um, yeah, so I, I, I met you when you were 16, 17 years old, <laughs> yeah. and, lo- and look at us now. Uh, <laughs> Broods Brood came in at the same time. Yep. They were they were kids at school, oh, and, gosh, and they yeah. brought their mother in with them because they weren't allowed, out, you know, and it's just, you look at them now, and they've gone on to wonderful success. And Absolutely. there seem to be so many people, and what's what's been terrific about this industry and the technology and the change is that if you want to do it by yourself, you don't need to be a multi-millionaire and you, and you can have a room as a studio and you can get out there and you can do it. Absolutely. And I think um, you have a lot more freedom to experiment and possibly delve into a little bit more of a genuine place that ends up relating with the masses, mm. um, I suppose, because you're not kind of in confines of what sometimes commercial music means. You can do whatever you want to do. How do you think you've matured in terms of writing in that, uh, in that last eight, nine years? Um, I think I've really just tried to be more honest. That's something I often have in my head when I go to write a song. Um, but I think I've just, the production elements have changed for me. Um, the core of what I do comes from the acoustic guitar and I've just been a bit more confident in incorporating live sounds into my recordings and not really caring whether they are slick enough for radio play. It's interesting that she says that because I was somebody just asked me uh, you know, what I thought of Jamie as a talent and I think that she's fantastic but I actually prefer her live to her recorded. Very astute. Enough about me, and let's talk about people not being able to afford Christmas. For a start, if you've missed it, for a start, it's yet another of those bogus surveys that requires you to answer the most nonsensical of questions. Do you agree, yes or no, that Christmas is affordable? You can't load a question up a lot more than that. It's like asking, is everything getting more expensive? The reality overall is that it isn't. But everyone will say it is. So your survey result would go along the lines of 80% of New Zealanders are finding life more expensive. The fact mathematically that they're not 
is lost in the noise of the headline that's literally invented, and so it's the case with Christmas. One in five can't afford Christmas. What even does that mean? I mean, what does Christmas cost? It costs what you want it to. Somewhere between nothing and the GDP of a small island nation. It costs what your circumstances allow. It costs what you spend. It costs what you thought you had spent versus what you actually spent. It's open to a chasm of interpretation. It's open to mood and mindset. What it isn't open to is any sort of reality. But that doesn't stop the Sallies, and sadly it doesn't stop the media, who these days rarely have ever stopped to actually ask the sort of questions I've just been asking. And the Sallies and their ilk, as well-intentioned as they may be, slip sadly back into that age-old habit of banging on about hard days and tough nights, but basically on a fallacy they've invented through their own suspect means of research. Yes, there are those who find the season tough. Of course there are, but 20% not being able to afford it is not a stat. It's not a fact. It's not an indication of anything real. It's a heartstring-pulling sop dressed up to get your attention by people who do themselves more damage than good by acting dishonestly. Yes, that's right. If there's one thing... Uh, the Hosk really, really hates it's an opt-in survey with a dodgy question. Um, another thing that I think he's not care- keen on is uh, regional development in the wrong places for the wrong reasons. Uh, he loves it for the right places and the right reasons. Uh, what's the difference? Last week, not only did we have the Northland scandal, we also had a departure in approach. Uh, the Northland scandal around the trees that were never planted uh, because no one checked the land is exactly what happens so often with public money. When it's slushing about in such volume, waste is never far behind. The tighter your budget, the more careful you are with your money, of course. Uh, This is the sort of laissez-faire approach that will undo the likes of Shane Jones, who has to start taking himself a lot more seriously if he expects others to take him seriously. This isn't a game. It's not funsies. You don't laugh these sort of mistakes off. So assuming that's lesson learnt, we then turn our attention to another of last week's announcements. 40 million to Kiwi Rail to develop a regional hub to better move freight. Once again, not bad in theory. Trains are good. Trains carry more than trucks, and trains take trucks off the road. But trains are in trouble. Kiwi Rail is a mess, and it has been for years. Lines are closed. Access is an issue. And what's the $40 million actually buy? An ongoing profitable extension to the rail network? Or is the $40 million a subsidy because rail can't make ends meet, and we'll see in a decade that nothing came of it, and it's $40 million down the drain? I mean, there's a reason rail is in, the shape that it's in. It's already propped up by the government to the tune of tens of millions a year, and this is another $40 million on top of that. The Regional Development Fund's success will be measured in real jobs and real expansion and real return on investment. It can't afford to be a lavish handout to projects going nowhere. Oh, oh, you know the other thing Hosk really, really hates? And to be honest, I've struggled to find too many people who are a big fan of it, is the Resource, the resource Management Act. <laughs> There's a major group been formed called the Resource Reform Group, uh, which includes uh, some real heavyweights, EMA, Infrastructure New Zealand, Business New Zealand, uh, and they want a complete overhaul of the RMA. Ah, yes, the Resource Management Act. Now, what's interesting about that, I don't think the, uh, the NZX are going to go anywhere with that, because they're, all they're doing is adding complexity to the situation, and I don't think the RMA group, unfortunately, as much as it saddens me to say, are going to get anywhere either, because if you do remember, uh, the previous government tried twice in a major way to reform, in a fairly substantive fashion, the RMA. They could not get it across the line. They tinkered with it in the end because they got the Maori Party on board, but they thought they had Labour. Labour pulled the pin. I think it was over cultural issues. They thought the Maori people would be upset or something along those lines. They couldn't get the numbers. They tried twice, and that was a popular government. This is a cobbled-together government with people who don't want any sort of reform to the RMA, so they can lobby. you can lobby them till you're blue in the face. Good luck. 
I just don't think it's going. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I guess I'd not really had any direct dealings with this thing, except for I think it's something to do with the, there's a there's a park and ride bus stop in Silverdale, which is my local, and uh, this part of it has been constructed, but it's not being used. And I think that's something to do with the Resource Management Act. And if that's the case, then it is indeed stupid. It, I think the council might be suing itself over it. Um, yeah, so that's weird. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, listening to uh, somebody talking about the big upgrade they're doing with Hamna Springs. Jeez, it's hard to say Hamna. I always want to say Hamna. So is this an addition? Is this an extension or an upgrade that's needed? My understanding is that it's an upgrade um, and it's an extension as well. So um, it'll be a little bit of both. It'll be improving the visitor experience they currently have, but also adding something else which drives more visitors. What about that slide, that right, right? Is that is that getting controversial? Because I always saw Hamlet every time I've ever gone. It's a spa-like facility where you soak and relax. The moment you put a slide or something like that, kids go, ah! and they're screaming and it becomes a fun park. I think it's probably just about how you make the mix of people and the mix of pools work. So as long as the kids are over having fun somewhere where they're safe and the parents can sit in another pool relaxing, I think everyone will be a lot happier. Good on you. Well, good luck with it all. It's a fabulous place. If you've never been to Hamlet Springs, there's another one of those always geographically challenging. We used to go a lot when we'd drive from Christchurch to uh, either be Picton or Nelson or wherever we were going, top of the South Island on a holiday. You always stop in Hamlet. Uh, but it's one of those places you've sort of, unless you're going on that particular route, you sort of got to go into deliberately. But it's uh, it's come along brilliantly over the last 20 years. Or no, so. I haven't been there in all that time. I used to love it when it was just whatever it was before that. Um, that I think it's probably where I developed my affection for sitting in hot water and just not doing really anything at all. Those were the days. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, that was the rewrap uh, featuring the music of Jamie McDowell. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for more. Superb as always. Thank you.